Jeremy here. Just before we get into the show, wanted to give an update. We have a new tier on our Patreon. That is the Sheikah supporter tier for $5 or more a month. You get a week early access to episodes as well as getting to pick games that you play alongside us. Each month, people in this tier can pick a game that we'll play. We'll stream it on our Discord for everyone else to see. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. We just played the Rogue Hero Ruins of Tassos game, uh, which is this roguelike, Zelda-like game that uh, is very similar to the old Four Swords games. It's very chaotic. It's very, very fun. If you want to join up in that, go to patreon.com slash chat of the wild. If you can't afford that, we do still have the smaller tier. Just a reminder, people that join in that tier, they get ad-free episodes. They also get access to our side quests episodes, where once a month we record an episode just talking about all the other games that we have been playing. You also get to pick the games that we play in between Zelda games, what we call our Gaiden games, as well as getting a shout-out. If that sounds good to you, once again, go to patreon.com slash chat of the wild, sign up, support us. We really appreciate it. Anyways, that's all I have. So let's get on with the show. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Chat of the Wild is a part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. To find out more information, as well as other great shows, go to greenlitpodcast.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Chat of the Wild bonus episode. We don't have a little tune that Brian interrupts with on this one here. No, I don't. I'll think of something cute. I have my slide whistle, but you're probably not going to want that. (laughs) (laughs) We've got a little bonus episode here. Uh, We just finished up playing through The Legend of Zelda The Minish Cap. And we have Todd Hunt from the Super Nintendads podcast, a uh, uh, cousin podcast here on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Yeah, uh, I exactly. don't know what relation we want to use here. Thank you for joining us, Todd. I was going to say brothers, but you know that's fine. Oh sure, podcast brothers. We could be sure. third cousins yeah. too. Sure, that's fine. <laughs> Jeremy has intimacy <laughs> issues. That's clear. We've got Brian Hour here as well. Hi, Jeremy Harvey is my name. So, actually, as we are recording this, we are in the middle of the Minish Cap playing through for the the show. <laughs> Uh, but we wanted to bring Todd on because this was sort of a carryover of what we started at the end of the year last year of getting some people on and just talking about their favorite Zelda games. Yeah. And I got in contact with Todd and brought up like, Hey, what's your favorite game? And he said, Minish Cap. And I'm like, Oh, that's convenient. We just (laughs) finished that up or we will be, we will be finishing that up here soon. So Todd, we got you on here. Really? It's just, what do you love about this game? What memories do you have of this game? I mean, the easiest way to start it off is when did you first play this game? I first played this game when it came out on Game Boy Advance. Um, I have I have a lot of really good memories about Game Boy Advance. Um, my brother was a musician, 
And when he graduated college, a tour bus pulled up and I didn't see him for like three years. So he just kind of dived right into this traveling musician life. And I didn't see him often. And one year for Christmas, he had gotten a really big advance for a record they were going to cut. And for Christmas, that was the year that the Game Boy Advance came out. He bought me the Game Boy Advance, every launch game, and every accessory. So I remember just kind of going to his apartment in Brooklyn and being just showered in Nintendo gifts. Um, and it was really great. And, you know, we spent a lot of time playing games together um, That when he was home for that period. So I have a lot of nostalgia about the system as a whole. But I also love portable gaming. Um, I probably play the Minish Cap once a year. It's almost oh. become, yeah, it's almost become this kind of really warm blanket of a game for me where I can kind of just sit down and play it. And it's one of the games that I feel the most nostalgic about. Um, other than, you know, my own feelings about the game, I think that I love the game, especially because it's so lean. It's one of the shorter Zelda games, but it also doesn't feel overstuffed. Overstuffed with dungeons that aren't really maybe so brilliantly developed or programmed. It doesn't feel overstuffed with side quests. I love that you can upgrade your sword in its attacks with the Swift Blade schools. Uh, and I think that that's something always missing. You kind of get a sword that gets a little bit more powerful or you know looks a little bit different, but you don't get new kind of ways to use it. And I really love that. And I love the way the sword feels in this game. I l even like the weed whacking in this game feels good. <laughs> it's got the it's got the spamming. Yeah, you can you can very quickly just slam on that button as yeah, fast as you, you can, can swing and will really just, fast. Like, go like crazy. Yep. Plus the sound effects really hit hard with it, and um, the way that the there's just enough of like a little bounce back when you hit an enemy. It just the game itself feels really good. Plus, I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. I mean, it's this little game on this little system, and it blows away some of the console stuff from just you know three or four years before that. For sure. I, mean, I think it's a better looking game than Link to the Past. Oh, yeah, this is the best a 2D Zelda game has looked, I think, yeah. uh, up until up to this point. Yeah. And I would love to see, I think that there's, you know, depending on Nintendo's relationship with Capcom these days, um, I would love to see this be the next 2D Zelda that they remake because they did such a brilliant job with Link's Awakening um, that I think that they realized, well, the market's there to redo all the 2D classics at this point. Oracle of Season, Oracle of Ages, the other Capcom Zelda games for Game Boy Color are certainly prime for that as well. I mean, they're great, brilliant games on handheld systems. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's been, as soon as the Link's Awakening remake came out, that's where everyone sort of went, just because, like, chronologically that makes sense. But right. I'm with you. If yeah. they did something where they remade this and maybe made it look even more mm -hmm. like Wind Waker... Right, cell shade it. Just totally cell shade it, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the style that they were sort of aping with this. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's some character models that are just, like, little sprite copies of yeah. Wind Waker. Yeah. And and Zelda like keeps that attitude, that Tetra kind of yeah. uh flippancy almost yeah. with uh the rules. I, I have to tell you, I we you know obviously I, I'm not a revisionist with Wind Waker. I loved Wind Waker since day one. But the story of Wind Waker is by far my favorite of all the Zelda games. It's the oh it's so coherent. It's so it's so laid out properly 
like the the even the Minish Cap story is terrible. It's just terrible. I mean, most <laughs> Zelda mo- most of the story, Zelda stories are terrible. You know that the princess has been kidnapped, and there's some sages that were trapped in a crystal and whatever. Well, but, eventually it gets there, though. Yeah, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the the princess gets trapped, and right. and yeah. I do love um, in Minish Cap. I like that it's not Ganon too. I thought when I was when I was younger that that was cool. That we're not you know stuck again with you know, Vati turning into Ganon at the end or something like or that, or being just a a, a a you know patsy of Ganon. Like yeah. I I thought that stood out uh, a lot too when I was like in high school playing right. This. Or, or I guess just after. No, this would have been right around the time I graduated. So yeah, yeah, I was probably probably around the same age when I got it. Um, I really liked in, is it Link Between Worlds? That's the 3DS one. Yeah, right. Yes. Uh, Link Between Worlds. I liked that they had that. I, I think one of you know they're always playing with their history because they do have this large formula base they can play with. But also when they play with their own things, I think is when we see the most fun. Um, having low rule be the opposite yeah. of Hyrule, I thought was the greatest thing ever. And the fact that you had, you know, this these people who were trying just as hard as the Hyrule people to win, and you realize that, like, that was such a great twist, again, without Ganon. Um, yeah, yeah. Which I thought was really cool as well. Yeah, you don't need to lean on him. It, uh, right. It, it's fine. <laughs> I don't think even among a lot of the, like, larger Zelda fan base, at least I feel this way and I, I, I kind of see this, that we're not crazy about Ganon necessarily. Right. Like, in a lot of ways, it's like Ganondorf was really cool. Ganondorf is the cool. the big monster mm-hmm. Ganon isn't really, like, a fan favorite. He's not, no, Zelda I don't series. think so. Compelling no. in any way. No. He looks beautiful in the original Zelda. That oh, Or sprite, in the cartoon, too. Yeah, in the cartoon. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that, like, when you Lovingly first... Lovingly rendered. Yeah, when you first see, because Zelda was the first game I ever played. The NES Zelda was the first game I ever played. Yeah. And um, when you got there, in the probably three years it finally took you to get there back then, <laughs> <laughs> with you know having schoolyard advice and maybe a glimpse at a Nintendo Power of two. When you saw him for the first time, it was just like stunning. It was like seeing a you know a cinematic almost. Um, and then he disappeared. That's it. Yeah, and he turned the lights out. The <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, but I, I think that, yeah, having a little bit... And we find, you know, the beginning of Nintendo's love of um, animating the hats on their characters' heads here, which yes. um, we, which is yeah. obviously copied in Super Mario Odyssey. Right. We talked about in the, that in the first episode. So, like, does Ezlo... Do you look at him other than a hat with a duck face on the top of it? Um, is there some other kind of creature or anything that, like... Because I don't know what he's right. What kind of a creature be. is he that the bottom of him fits so elegantly on Link's head? Right. Like <laughs> I, my my theory is they were just like, what if Link's hat, his iconic yeah, like sleeping cap, right? Like what what I don't know what a a real world equivalent is right. to Link's cap. Well, he might. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it is that he's some sort of a creature and he just happens to fit on it the top of his head. I don't know right. how he moves if he's not being carried by someone's head. I mean, just wait till we get to Twilight Princess, where it's like a, oh, a, a tube on the back of his head. Uh-huh. Like, like I imagine that it's completely filled up with you know golden blonde hair of his. Just or he's got like back. braids, and he's got to yeah. protect his his braids yeah, or something right. like that. Right? I was I, I always I, thought it was snacks, like marmalade sandwiches, <laughs> a bag of Cheetos. That's where he keeps all the items. That's actually. all the exactly. Oh. We, now we know. Mm-hmm. It's See? his item. Yeah. That's right. Okay. They just never bring it up. Yeah, I. Uh, you know, I think that, uh, they, uh, another clever thing, going back to Wind Waker, I'm going to try to stop talking about Wind Waker, um, is that they make all of the young um, 
citizens of Outset Island wear the hero's costume just in case they happen to be the hero. Like, I thought that was a cool way to play with why, why is he always wearing this in all of the adventures? It's more like a, uh, like a, a grade school holiday. Like, here, today's the day in third grade when we dress up like this and learn right. about this event. Right. Ex- yeah, right. exactly. Yes. That's right. Yeah, my son came home dressed like a pilgrim. We put feathers in our hair and are lied to. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Basically, yes. Uh, yeah, so what really, like, stands out in this game above all the others? Because, like, we're, we're playing through it now, and it, it does feel like we talked about the visuals. We talked about that. But, like, mm. is there is there, like, specific things that this game does? Because there, there's a lot of things that this game does that we don't see in other things, like the kinstones. I don't sure. Know, like, yeah. was that something that you really enjoyed in this more you know, than there's, the others? There's parts of that that I did. You know, I think the thing that I like about this game is it doesn't necessarily stand out for any specific reason. It is a little ambiguous, and I think that's why it does get lost in the history of Zelda. It is that game that people talk about of, or I, oh, I just found this, or I finally played it. Probably the other reason, too, is you can only play it on the Wii U Virtual Console or on you know an original system. Uh-huh. Or if you're an ambassador on, on 3DS. Or the ambassador on 3DS, that's right. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah, I was proud to be one of those Some as of well. Some money in, in uh, whatever, whenever that came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You didn't have $300 <laughs> exactly. to yes. throw away? Right, exactly. I, I, I gladly would have. <laughs> on terrible 3D technology. Um, that eventually <laughs> did get better. Um, yeah, I think, um, I do like the Kinstone stuff. I, I like that the side quests are a little minimized. I like that the side quests don't become fetch quests. And no matter how many Zelda games I play and how much Zelda, how much of Zelda they love, the fetch quest side quest drives me absolutely bonkers. And it's one of those things, even in the new Link's Awakening remake that I was like, oh, good Lord, what do I have to do now? I have to give this person a mirror. What do they give me? You know, a, a hairbrush? And I gotta go. Yeah, it's like right. it's there like, is like one or two things in Link's Awakening yeah. in the trading quest that are yeah. essential to the main quest. Oh, there are. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, actually, you so have like, to do it. Yeah. Oh, crap. All right. I know. I, when we played through that game, I was like, yeah. "Wait, I have to." Yeah, you have. Oh, yeah, it's not I have a choice. To catch up with the trading quest. For right. You're not going to get an extra I? bottle. You're going to finish. The, you have to do this oh, to finish great. the game. What, what do you mean you didn't get the can of soup yet? Right. Exactly. Exactly. You haven't catfished that guy yet. What? What's wrong with you? I do. I love the fact that uh, with the Kinstones, though, that there are so many NPCs in this game. There's yes. so many. Like, yeah, I in, was going to say. And they don't we don't ever like see their names. Yeah. Like you, if you if you've played Zelda long enough, you see him and you're just like, oh, that's supposed to be Marin or, yeah. or not Mar- or Malin. Right. That's supposed to be this character here. That's supposed or to be Marin. that. But right. they don't say or Marin, but they don't say their name. But the very least, because of the Kinstones, you're encouraged to just talk to everybody. Right. Not necessarily remember exactly what they say like you would in a trading side quest. Sure. But you can go up to them and be like, hey, I'll talk to you. Do you want a kinstone? Cool, here we go. And you're actually like right. interacting with them as some of the other older games. You just sort of like run by the NPCs because they don't ever really say anything useful most of the time. Right. Or they're kind of bunched together. You're not sure which one. Sometimes there's mm-hmm. just too many of them in the same place. Mm-hmm. I mean, and usually when you get to a town, you're kind of looking to tear through it to get to the next dungeon. Um, I, I liked the fact that the kinstones do make you almost interact with specific people more often than you normally would. And I do like that they did more, like the fact that they'll, you know, uh, lift up, a, you know, thorny vines or something, so you can get into a cave or make a right. boulder disappears. Um, like it's not just a random side quest that doesn't help you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It, I think there was something there that maybe didn't work one hundred percent. But I love the four swords games too, and I think that 
it's a little half-baked, but I love towards the end where you're playing as these multiple links in order to solve puzzles. And especially, I'm not sure if you guys have gotten there yet, but the, the last castle, castle dungeon where you're flying Ooh. with the two Stingray bosses and you mm-hmm. have to yeah, kind I've of... Yeah, I've been hinting that dungeon for the entirety of the show. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. so good. I've been so bringing good. it up a lot. It's so good. Between what you have to do... Oh, and the, the real reason that I love this game, I'm sorry I haven't, I haven't said it earlier, is that you get items in this game that you don't get in other Zelda games. Mm-hmm. Yep. You get these incredible... And there's not a ton of them either. There's, there's yeah, like the right amount just of enough. items. Yeah, exactly. But you get items that you never see again. The Gus Jar is such a great item, and they program the game so well to use it so often. You can use it on enemies. You can use it to travel. You can use it to find secrets. Um, but then the mole mitts are awesome too. They have such a great mechanic behind them and they feel so it fe- sometimes you'll clear a whole room of sand just because it moves so quick mm-hmm. and feels so good to do it. Yeah. The animation is cool. The way yeah. he just like punches the wall yep. with these claws. He tears through it. Yeah. The anime, yeah. I mean, I think the visuals really are probably my favorite part of the game and it all equates back to that. Mm-hmm. But the rocks cape is better than the rocks feather. Yeah. Um, that well, there's also a rocks cape in, um, uh, is it seasons? I Oracle. think. Seasons well, you can get it in both, but it's is through it, the trading. Through the yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, but but I but the always way think it, of it the way as it, a Minish Cap item. Yeah, the way it works in Minish Cap, and the way maybe just the mechanics mm. of it work in Minish Cap, it feels so good. And yeah, the, I do always kind of lament that you most of the time can't jump in a Zelda game, and I like mm-hmm. that that's kind of becoming a thing of the past. But it, it was the first Zelda game that I remember playing, being like, oh, you can finally jump, and it's useful. Um, you know, it's not just on one spot. Uh, cause I think like right. in seasons you get it, but you can really only do it. Like if you're at a cliff's edge or, you know, tra- traversing down a mountain or something like that. Yeah. But like now, uh, you know, nothing is, you know, is yeah. in front of you now you can jump over anything you want. Exactly. You and you can use, you, you get, you get one of the swift blade upgrades from what I remember is you can use like, you get like a jumping slash, right? Yes. Yeah. You do. Yeah. 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 It, I think the one ah. thing you have to do in this game is, over anything else as far as completionist goes is getting all of the swift blade scrolls mm-hmm. because it really does change a game having those different attacks and it's another zelda game that you're allowed to roll in which always makes it better traversing the map because sometimes when you can't roll in specific zelda games it just feels like eternity when you're walking around until you get some dash boots I- Personally, I feel like I don't like that roll is just always on the R button mm-hmm. Like, I wish, yeah. honestly, it would have made more sense to me if, say, I don't know, if you didn't have an item on one of the things that rolled and then give me something else to where I can hold three items at once. Right. Uh, it still has that issue of you can only hold two things at once. Yeah, there are limitations of the hardware that are definitely present here, especially, you know, those three buttons that you get. Again, mm-hmm. why I would love to see this on the Switch, being able to program you know, four weapons at a time, having a map. Again, I do think that a lot of the best Zelda games could be expressed in the best way on the 3DS. Because having that constant menu map at the bottom mm-hmm, of the mm-hmm. 3DS at all times is so convenient for Zelda games. It's it's the best way we'll ever play Zelda games. Yeah, Unfortunately, I, I really wonder you know, what could have been with uh, Breath of the Wild on, on the Wii with, with that integration. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's I think, still an amazing game, but, yeah. but I, I was really excited to see what, what they were going to do with that. Right. And seeing, um, you know, playing Wind Waker HD on the Wii U is is great. I actually, I don't mind holding the large remote um, <laughs> because you get that great screen that does so much for you. 
Sure. Being yeah. able to constantly look at your inventory screen, quickly pick weapons, have a map constantly there is a really cool way to play. I do like the two screen experience for Zelda games. I think it would be really good for Metroid games too. I think for a lot of games that require, you know, heavy use of a map, Hollow Knight, Castlevania, any of that stuff could really benefit from having two screens. Oh, having to pause yeah. for a map still feels so antiquated. Well, we all True. should have bought the Wii U then and and we would Well, be I certainly did. We <laughs> I certainly did and uh, sadly <laughs> I still regret it. Although my Wii U is actually set up at the moment because it's the only place you can play Ah, uh, God, I don't even know what it's called. The Mar- the Cat Mario, as my son calls it. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, 3D World, next, 3D uh, World, is it? Till they next are coming year, yeah. out with it. Yeah, they're coming out with it on mm-hmm. Switch eventually, uh, yeah, next year. But he loves that That's game because he loves game. the cat power-up. So he plays it all the time. Yeah. So I am still, I am still repping the Wii U. Greatest so, of all time. Yeah. Why don't we take a quick break, and we'll be back to talk about more Minish Cap and probably some more Wii U. Who knows? Most likely. I can always talk about Wii U. Me too. But we'll be right back. Well, now that we're done talking about the boring part, let's talk about the exciting things happening at the Chat of the Wild Patreon. That's right, Jeremy. Uh, we have a Patreon now. <laughs> <laughs> we, did, we didn't script this, okay? <laughs> so, uh... For as little as a dollar or more, you can support the show. Uh, we have Discord up now. We have a bunch of incentives. Uh, you can get the show basically from our uh, from from the Patreon website as soon as Jeremy uploads it, uh, with no ads or anything on it. Some other goals that we have, if we get enough people, we'll do monthly generic video game episodes, mm. just talking about a game or a couple games that we've been playing. We also are talking about doing reviews of the animated series that's really bad. Talking about doing reviews of the manga series, which may be good, may be bad, but there's a lot of it. Remains to be seen. There's later goals of us streaming Zelda randomizers. Uh, Those ones are are very interesting and would probably be really frustrating and really fun to watch. I would. That would be great. You can like right now. We need to find a good place to put uh, our our Discord link, but we've got a Discord up for uh, for patrons, and I mean, it's there's some public channels on there too. But uh, yeah, we'll we can put it on the. I don't know where we want to put it, but we'll find a spot for that. I don't want to just I don't want to just say something. I guess you can edit this, Jeremy. It's not live, <laughs> so we'll have something you can skim through on our Twitter at Chat of the Wild. That you'll uh, find renting on at there. a billboard in Jersey. That's where you're gonna find the Discord link. <laughs> Uh, There's a QR code on the very bottom corner. They got to climb up there to get it. So yeah, uh, check out any of those things, or you know, check us out on Twitter at Chat of the Wild. One of the other things is that if you, when you do subscribe to us, you do get a shout out in the middle of each episode. And this week we do have one. What do we got, Brian? Oh yeah, this week we got a shout out. That's right. So hey, our new patron is uh, Jarbo. Uh, hey Jarbo, what's up? Jarbo hangs out on uh, the Twitch channel sometimes and makes fun of me for being bad at Zelda Two. Uh, also, really, really, really been helpful during my Age of Calamity run because I never use runes, and so he's always there to remind me that stasis exists, and it's very helpful. And I feel dumb because I never use it. Uh, but his favorite Zelda game uh, is Ocarina of Time, and why? Because uh, it's the first Zelda game I played that started the obsession, which I think, uh, yeah, you're in good company here on the show because that's kind of how I would describe my my relationship to that game. 
yeah, it's the same for me. It's where it started for me. It's not my favorite, but I I can't say I would be here if it wasn't for that specific one. Right, right. I think, I mean, Ocarina of Time and to some degree Majora's Mask were the biggest thing when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So it was like, if you weren't playing Ocarina of Time, what were you playing? <laughs> it's a game changer. Uh, their favorite Zelda item, uh, long shot. Excellent item. Uh, it's like a hook shot, but better. I believe I've said multiple times the hook shot is like one of the top tier, like S tier items in the it Zelda is. series. And you just make, you take that one and you make it long. <laughs> you make it more, you make things more accessible. It's, it's like a, yeah. it's a spinal tab joke. It's the hook shot, but it's long. <laughs> yeah. It goes to 11. It's a hook it shot. It goes to 11. Goes to 11. <laughs> this one goes to 11 meters. Uh, their favorite Zelda like uh, they said Fable three if that qualifies. Fable is in our list of Zelda likes that we'll potentially play eventually. Uh, it, it'd be some time before we get to the third one on that. Can't say it's my favorite of the Fables just because of like the last half of that game turns into some weird political simulator that I just didn't care for. Uh, but it, first half is generally regarded series. as wonderful. By yes, almost everyone series. I've heard ever talk about it. Uh, but yeah, so that is... Uh, thanks for uh, subscribing, supporting the show, Jarbo. Um, and if you want to be among the ranks of people who, you know, send us stuff to read on the show, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash chat of the wild. Like I said, for as little as a dollar or more uh, a month, you can support us and get access to all this cool stuff. And speaking of cool stuff, uh, we've got our friends here at the Greenlit Podcast Network who want to tell you about their shows. Hey folks, it's Asif Khan, CEO and Editor-in-Chief over at ShackNews.com. Give a listen to our 9 to 5 Elon podcast about Tesla and electric vehicles and all sorts of cool stuff over there on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Need some adventure in your life? What Mad Universe is a podcast about the history of sci-fi, fantasy, and horror, where we delve the depths of pop culture history. Everything's the same politically, but we have ray guns. The the actual motive isn't to explore something that's, quote, scientifically possible or... But neither is Star Wars, and I know there's arguments about that, but I would definitely consider Star Wars science fiction. You haven't read Dune! No, I haven't. You can never be the Kwisatz Haderach. What Mad Universe on the Greenlit Podcast Network. So just before the break, you did bring up, Todd, the yeah. the map on, like, having a map on there. And it's funny just how lacking in detail the Minish Cap map is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Compared to previous maps, even on the Game Boy and the Game Boy Color. Yeah. Like, in, in Link's Awakening, you had this you mean the world map grid. Yeah, like yeah. the world map, you could you could move grid by grid, right. select it, and it would tell you exactly like what that is, and right. it, you would get some icons to be like, there is a dungeon, almost here. There interact is a grotto with it. Yeah, here. the phone is here. The hint- right, yeah. the phone. Yeah. yeah, the psychics here. Yeah, and I feel like because they scatter so much around in this game, yeah. it was kind of a disservice that there wasn't more things you could do on the map. Like we get it with Kinstones when you unlock a thing, it'll show it th- some on there, mm-hmm. right? And that that was obviously necessary because you can't remember where every thorny vine and boulder is if they just right. showed right. you a boulder disintegrating and having to go right. find it. <laughs> but you kind of really do have to like load up on all your Kinstones, yeah. Talk to whoever, right? Hope that they match because you can't really tell until you get like the heart over them, right? To say that it matches, 
And there, there's a lot of things, especially with the map, that I just feel like, oh, they kind of skimped out on this. Well, you know what I think they did is I think they put a lot of faith in Ezlo as companion. And I think that's one True. of the biggest problems that the game actually has. Yeah. Obviously, I don't want to talk too much bad about the game, but I don't need oh, Ezlo. No, let's just be honest. Yeah. We're just being honest. Absolutely. That's all. I, I, obviously, nobody ever likes... And I guess there is an application for having an assistant character in the game that walks you through how to play it. Because obviously for every Zelda game, there's going to be someone who's played Zelda for the first time with it. Um, we obviously saw that a lot with Breath of the Wild. But I don't need Ezlo to say, hey, why didn't you try that key on that locked door up there? Which he mm-hmm. does say <laughs> yes, in the game. Yes. And he doesn't just say it once. He says it throughout the first like two dungeons. So I do when it's select, I think if you hit select or start, Mm -hmm. you can always get Ezlo to give you a clue as where to go next for one of the main goals in the game. And I think they kind of maybe had more plans for the interaction with Ezlo on that. And that's why they didn't address the map as detailed as they normally would. Um, But Ezlo really only tells you where to go to, you know, complete the game. I think that there might've been more there at one point that just didn't get used. Well, you do remind me of a an interview I remember hearing about a while ago in that with Minish Cap in particular, it was a very um, responsive game design mm-hmm. that they looked at a lot of things on how uh, Oracle was yeah. and responded to those with Minish Cap, like with the cart. Mm-hmm. A complaint was that the cart moved too slow in the Oracle games. <laughs> really? And in Minish Cap, it yeah. moves super it blazes. fast. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it could easily have been, well, I got lost a lot. So they were like, all right, we need to make sure we have a, a, a companion That's that probably will very at true. any moment mm-hmm. tell you where you need to go. Yeah. Well, 75% of the dungeons in the Oracle games have the cart in it. So yeah, it's true. That could also be yes. like... Yeah, it's scaled back in this one. Uh, there's well, only four dungeons, so... Yeah, the Oracle of Ages game is actually... I mean, I've been playing Zelda since 86 when the first one came out, and Oracle of Ages will get me lost every time. Mm-hmm. When you have to start traveling, excuse me, back and forth in between time, mm-hmm. and you have to create those little, you know, parallel universe dimensional shifts that you can mm-hmm. use to travel, right. and you have to do them in specific spots so that you can move further in the next, it gets really confusing. That, yeah, like it's it's kind of fun the first time you do it when mm-hmm. you, when you have to when you're right. when you're progressing the story. But it, right. if you ever want to backtrack and do anything ever again, yeah, it is Dude. the worst. And it's kind of it's kind of why I like within Minish Cap, uh, there aren't like a bloated amount of uh, mm-hmm. side things to do, but yeah. the Kinstones encourage you to go back and forth across the map to find yep. more people to yeah. to trade with or to fuse with. Right. And getting across the map isn't an annoying mess. Like no. the 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 way that yeah. the Minish Cap map flows is actually, you know, pretty nice. You can move from kind of east to west, west north to south pretty quickly. And that's really nice. Plus you have the Ocarina which can help you to fast travel, which is cool. Yeah. But I think now that you guys are in the midst of playing it, or having just recently completed it, you'll notice just how varied the world really is mm-hmm. for such a mm-hmm. small game with such a small map. If you think about like what the mountains look like, what Haru Field looks like, what um, the swamps look like, what Zora's Domain looks like, they are all really vividly separate worlds from each other. And for such a small game, there's such a varying amount of just tone mm-hmm. that I really love. Um they also I think, managed to make the map 
huge even when you yeah. look at it. It looks small when when you actually the right. first time you see the map, you've gone from the bottom to the castle at the top. Yeah. And like right. that's the entire middle section of the map. Yeah. And then as you as you progress further, yeah. It's actually quite large. It's a yeah, again, for for a handheld Zelda game, it blew me away at the time mm-hmm. for how big it felt. In retrospect, people, you know, look back at it now as a shorter Zelda game, but if we, if you do the main quest and the kinstones and the shells, you're looking at like a 25 <laughs> to 30 hour game. Now the shells are the absolute worst part of the game. They could totally be abandoned and the game will be better for it. Yeah, you, um, you, you don't even have access to the area at first where you, yeah. where you use them. Yeah, it's it's a it's you a mess. Just leave that alone. And, leave that dog yeah, alone. Right, exactly. And you should. Everyone should. It really doesn't make <laughs> the game. It doesn't make the game any better. And it's random when you do the shell. When you add the shells in for a figurine, which is what you get for the shells, mm-hmm. it's all random. And if you get all of the kinstones and you get all the shells, you're treated to a house that unlocks in Hyrule Town. Yeah. Where you can do a sound test. Yeah. I, I mean, I was happy when I finally got it. Um, <laughs> when you oh, were man. a kid, and yeah. this is the only game you have. True. I you was 23. I, I did it anyway. Yeah. Right. Brian yeah. doesn't yeah. have an excuse. This was like, right. uh, <laughs> I think it had been out for like four or five years. And I was like, right. I'm going to complete that game. Because I, I played this game right. once a year for a handful of years. Because yeah. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Every time I said, I'm doing it, I'm getting all the shells. And every time 90% and I'm like, you know what? I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I'd never like, I don't think I'd ever hundred percented any Zelda game. And I was like, this seems like the likely candidate for the easiest one to do it to. Mm -hmm. And I really, I am already playing the game. I might as well. Mm -hmm. And I think a little bit more time into it than I wanted to, but yeah, you will with those damn shells. Yeah. (laughs) So, so we spent all this time talking about Minish Cap, but we really haven't even covered what like the main crux of this game oh, is. Yeah. The sure. ability to shrink down yeah, to sh- find shrink, this shrinky whole link. new race of characters that are like, you know, little I, I don't know, what do you call these? Because it's not like I, I, I immediately was thinking of the movie like the borrowers, but it's like those were like human Oh, I was like thinking more of too, Honey I Shrunk like, the Kids. Sure, but like that kind of thing, but we still have Indian in the cupboard. Right. <laughs> sure all of those things <laughs> right. with little people right but it, it's also like a real um mythical kind of thing of having yeah. these little sprite creatures or whatever yeah that can only it, be seen by children only children can see them right yeah it takes uh, from a bunch of different folklore sources yeah of. there there's a shoemaker that there yeah. you know there's all that that wh- i like all that i like all the progression there with like having a go up to the rafters of the shoemaker yeah mm-hmm. and like you have to wake them up from i think right or someone's asleep. Uh, yeah, he's, point, he's nodding off. He's nodding off, right? Yeah, yeah. I love. I loved all that. Um, and it, you can kind of see those Capcom roots in the scenes where you shrink and things are large, right? Like the way that the eggcorns look or the leaves look. It looks very Chippendale so Rescue Rangers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it looks very much like their Saturday morning cartoon games for NES, DuckTales and all that. It has that yeah. very Capcom feel to it, especially when it's all blown up. Yeah, so... You can shrink given specific spots of the game, whether it's tree stumps or boulders or some other objects, uh, the the jars that they use. And they mm-hmm. really make it very they, – they, they pull it off really well. They give you just enough space that you're allowed to move until you need to figure out how to switch back to 
regular size or miniature size again in order to get past certain levels. And I love the parts through town where you have to go up those little like mouse holes Mm -hmm. and like travel through ramps and stuff in between the houses. Mm -hmm. And it's all stuff that's there when you start that you completely don't notice until you need to start looking for it. And to feel that that feels very Zelda to me, like, you know, having something be in your sight and ignore it until you need it. Yeah. Like the town is almost uh, like a puzzle box in and of itself. Exactly. Uh, Much like, you know, some of the dungeons become. Right, and I love that the first dungeon where you are miniaturized, it, you the boss you fight is just a regular throwaway enemy, but mm-hmm. because you're so small and he's so big, it becomes you know this this great boss. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of really clever design here. I I just I just think it's one of those games, and it's pulled off all. It's all just done so well. I think it's just such a tight execution of a game, and that's why I think I like it as much as I do. Um, I do like the mechanic of this. I think it almost feels forced with the Link Between Worlds, the the painting mechanic, where you can travel through the walls. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, I feel like, felt more organic than that did. Yeah, for okay. sure. Yeah. I would love if we see something from, like, Breath of the Wild 2 that takes something from this with, like, manipulating your size, even if sure. it's, like, you can get bigger. But, like, imagine being able to, like, walk over a thing because of your size or shrinking down a little bit kind right. of uh, to go into this tiny little crevice. Sure. And there's a whole other thing in there. Because, like, with Breath of the Wild, we've seen that world. And yeah. we kind of know that they're going to be in the same map. Right. We don't know what they're necessarily going to do in there. But if they if we see that video, that trailer finally comes out, and yeah. we see, like, some kind of size thing. Or if you could turn into, like, a Korok, right? Yeah. Something like that. Or even if you could manipulate a Korok. Yeah, like, right. Yeah, like use a Korok to like go into this thing and just, you yeah, know, some kind really of size cool. change. Yeah. I think it's so cool. Yeah, I agreed. Yeah, I like being able to manipulate the environment in some way, um, whether it's size or something along those lines. I think there's a lot of expectation for Breath of the Wild 2 to start to pull in a few things from Zelda's history. Because there's not a tremendous amount of it in this. You know, usually there's so much Zelda history thrown in, whether it's, Mm -hmm. you know, just orchestrations of the original music and all of the races that we're used to seeing. But we saw so much new in the original Breath of the Wild. You know, the Bakori that make, that get, that are the miniature creatures in this game, this is one of the first, this is one of the first actual stories in the story. If you look at the timeline, right? Mm -hmm. So it's Wind Waker and then this. Is that right? It's, no. uh, it's uh, <laughs> the 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 Wii one. Uh, the the uh, Twilight Princess, Skyward Sword. It's Skyward, Skyward Sword. Sword. Oh, right, works. Skyward Sword is the first, right? And then it's yeah. this. Now, where do you guys stand on the timeline? <laughs> we go back and forth. I stand right on top of it and walk. Me past too. It. Yeah, exactly. I <laughs> so. yeah. I I I really think that you know, given they knew what they were doing when they created this game and called it the Legend of Zelda. Yeah, it's very much. One story told by different people every time, right? Yeah. The idea of it linking up and then splitting when, you know, he dies as a kid or doesn't or lives as an adult and mm-hmm. the timeline splits from Ocarina. It's all a little crazy, isn't it? Because we mentioned it. Yes. The, the Minish Cap is one of the earliest games yeah. uh, just after Skyward Sword. Right. Where it is supposed to be before any of these like legend things were really brought back mm-hmm. up. Like they just talk about some war and a right. hero. Mm-hmm. Right. We're not we don't see the Triforce or and anything like that with this. Ganon's not in Skyward Sword either, is he? No. 
Ganon doesn't exist yet. It's the it's demise. Demise, right? Exactly. Right. So yeah. we're talking. Yeah, both of these games are before we've even gotten to Ganon. Yeah. Yeah. If so you're like, looking at I, the timeline, I, which is absurd. And I, I wonder if it's more just the Capcom got to make this. They made you know some interesting choices with uh, end bosses and things like that. And right. so whenever they were coming up with the construct of the timeline, they're like, well, if we stick it here, uh, we're making a game without Ganon too. So right right now. So we might as well just do that. You know, yeah. Just no, put this right probably here. true. Yeah. Whatever, whatever choices they made work well because I, yeah. the game just plays so well. Uh, yeah. And... I like, I like the, uh, going back to the, the different move set you can do that that yeah. puts it in, in a separate category of Zelda games like Zelda Agreed. two or right. Twilight princess where you, you have a move set that you're learning uh, as opposed to like Wind Waker where it's normal moves plus a, a cool spin uh, parry right. attack. Sort of exactly. Thing. So Link to Link's Adventure. Adventures uh, of Link. The yes. Adventures of Link. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yay or nay? Yay. Nay. Good. I, I like you. T- I li- you guys are a great team. <laughs> that's why you guys work together so well yeah yes and we we can still shake hands at the end of the day i am so nostalgic about it that i can never say nay but most of me wants to say nay yeah only mm-hmm. because it's so difficult but the idea so this is actually really interesting i don't know if you guys know this and you probably do um zelda one and zelda two adventures of link and legend of uh, zelda they both were out in japan as we got the first one yes so yes. we could have gotten either one to be the first Zelda that we saw. That's With true. the way Nintendo does some of their yes. stuff, they could have. They could have yeah. skipped the first one. Yeah, so would it be it. Yeah, would it be you know, would we be loving the adventures of Link and thinking that the no. top down one was a disaster? No. If we got the other one first <laughs> and spent all those years with it first? I don't think we would have gotten a Zelda game until Ocarina. If if Zelda two yeah. came out first and yep. then they dumped Zelda yeah. one we at would've... some point. Yeah. We'd be like the Final Fantasy fans with seven. Yeah. Like seven finally cracked in North America. Exactly. Of. Sure. It so. would have swapped places with something like Star Tropics. Where ah, we'd be having yeah. Star Tropics of the Wild or something like <laughs> right. that at this point coming out for the Switch. You know what? People would be like, oh, you remember that? Remember that Zelda game? Yeah. Yeah. I, Nintendo? I, I do think that there's something there. If they, you know, if that's the one that came here first, it would have been you know, a completely different situation. I love how when um, Nintendo put Star Tropics on their um, online service, they had they to forgot. come out with a disclaimer because they forgot about the map. Yep. <laughs> or or like, just look, like go to gamefaqs.com. Yep, and look exactly. Up this code. Yeah. Or, or like Chris Kohler makes a video. Chris Kohler made a video for he right. was, who was he working for at the time where he just went into his closet, pulled one of his unopened copies of Star oh, Tropics really? out and, and made a video oh, about the, the map. Oh, man. So that's a great video to have. <laughs> I I go back and forth on in terms of my nostalgia of I would love it if they just say like they abandon everything sort of almost like what they did with Breath of the Wild of mm-hmm. like this is a Zelda game in gameplay, but we are going to change so much of it. We are going to abandon <laughs> the old ways. Sure. Like we, we it, Similar to like what they were almost going to do with like the spirit tracks sort mm-hmm. of thing, where they're like, "We are moving on from that. We have we we have yeah. sequelized this enough that we're not referencing that stuff anymore. We're going right. to come up with all this new stuff." But also, I'm addicted to Hyrule Warriors because of the fan service. Sure, of course, the new <laughs> so one. So I just we're go about? back and forth, like Age of Calamity. Uh, yeah, I've been playing that one too. Love it. 
I love it. Yeah, and I hate Dynasty Warriors. I can't play those games <laughs> worth anything, but there's so much fans. So just, you know, you're, if you're playing the new Age of Calamity, just the second that you hear that sound of when you look at the Sheikah Slate, that boodaloo, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, I'm totally, I'm totally back to being mm-hmm. where I was, yeah. you know, 250 hours in uh, five years ago. Um, it was cool to see all of that stuff back. Yeah. And I don't like those games, but they put enough of it in to make me entertained. Absolutely. I wish there was more backstory to some of the heroes because yeah. <laughs> that's the one I, thing that, the one thing that I, I was hoping we were going to get more of cause they're all just such great characters. On a side note, the DLCs for Breath of the Wild, and I hate DLCs usually. But when you found out that the shrine that you're kind of reborn in is its own really great dungeon, yeah, that was like, okay, cool. This is where this is what DLC is all about. Kind of making you completely restructure your concept of areas of the game that you've spent so much time mm-hmm. in. That's what DLC should be about, not but just adding the, on. The Trial of the Sword was just fantastic. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's really it was really tough oh, yeah. too. The motorcycle oh, was yeah. a bit of a miss, but it's still fun to ride around. Oh, I I yeah. only ride on that thing now. Yep. yep. <laughs> at least when I when I was still playing that game yeah. every single day. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Bit of, don't need to do those. Bit of an odd choice. Yeah. Oh, you do. Oh, you should. They're so good. Oh yeah. You have to it's... do them before Breath of the Wild too, because they are oh, actually some, there are some cartilage in between. Yeah. No, I will. It's just yeah. Once I get totally done with Age of Calamity, I'm gonna be craving yeah. more of that again. We'll finally sure. cover it for the show, maybe. 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 Well, I'm waiting for that Switch Pro. Give me that Switch oh, Pro God. that I, I can play in uh, 4K. I think, man. We're, I think we're. I think we're gonna have to, have to wait till uh, holiday of next year for that. All right, mm. then I'll wait till holiday to finally play that yep. DLC. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I got plenty of other other things to play right yeah, now. It's... Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I feel like we we've we've covered so much with this. Uh, you know, you've, you've talked about. The, your favorite aspects of this game, all of that. Mm-hmm. What What is something that you would love to see in a Minish Cap two? Ah, I think. Do ra- we keep sprites? Do we? Yeah, do like- I always want to keep stri- stri- uh, sprites. I um, I'm a I hate two and a half D games. Like I loved the new Bloodstained that came out last year. Mm-hmm. Finally, after four years of Kickstarter development, um, <laughs> but I didn't like the way that it played. Cause I don't like, I want a Sprite. I know it's really tough to pull off and apparently it's very expensive to create, yeah, but yeah. you know, I want another symphony of the night. I want a Sprite based Metroidvania, not this two and a half D. I just don't like the way that it plays. I don't like the way that it looks. So yes, yeah, so it definitely Verge keep did it. Come on. Axiom Verge did it. Yeah. And they're doing it again soon. I'm bummed that it's not coming out this year, but I'm looking forward to it, it next year. Um, I, I think rather than seeing a sequel, I'd rather see a remaster. Yeah. Yeah. What would you, because... what would you put in the remaster? Like some fishing or something? Yeah, of course. There's it is no missing fishing. fishing. That, that's, that yeah, is yeah. important. There's, it's always missing fishing. There's fishing in, um, Link's Awakening, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah there's, of course. Um, I don't know. I think I would probably like to see another dungeon or two without it feeling bloated because it does feel like there's might be it might be one short um i'd love to see some kind of genuine interaction between the npcs that you kind of almost see the beginnings of um i don't think that link interacts with the other races as much as he normally does like he helps some gorons move some rocks and they're really kind of beautifully designed and re redesigned in this and then that is kind of the way that we look at them moving forward but this mm-hmm. game kind of redesigns them a bit from how we saw them up to this point. Right. Um, and I always like when Link helps out 
the other kind of tribes, as it were, of Hyrule in order to get forward. And there's a little bit of that kind of missing from this game as well. Mm. I would, I, I want to that, see... That they went with a, a Capcom redesign. They're like, oh, that looks good. Well, why don't we kind of hold on to some of that or yeah. at least take something mm-hmm. that they came up with. Or... I think there's a lot in there that they that they still kind of use, especially for the 2D ones mm-hmm. um, from this game because they really do... You know, they look almost as good as some Wind Waker stuff, and that stuff's cel-shaded. This stuff isn't. It's just sprites. Yeah. I feel like it helps that we didn't have Miyamoto really on this. That At this point, yeah. it was like Inafune's whole thing. Yep. And he's so much more open mm-hmm. to get, like, creative, and he doesn't necessarily have this rule book yeah. like Miyamoto would have with stuff where he's like, you're not allowed to do this. You're not allowed right. to do this. Right. And Inafune's just like, Okay, tell me why that would be right. interesting. And yeah. if it appeals to him, he's like, "All right, yeah. that is a part of the lore now." Yep. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think it would just to be able to play it, but a little bit easier would be a, a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. um, play it because it is on the Wii U. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. it's a challenge to it's a challenge to play it. Uh, I mean, I have a ton of uh, Game Boy Advance SPs now, a collection of them, uh, and that's usually what I choose to play it on. Yeah, but I'm yeah, it'd be it'd be it great to kind of see it kind of sparkly and new and buffed up. Um, Quick question: Do you yeah. do you do any of the mod stuff with the MSPs? I have one that my youngest son just shattered on me like a week oh, ago. No. Yeah, it's better than having shat, uh, you know shattered everything. But one, um, this you guys on the video can see this one's all taped up. Ooh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah that's. But great. he dropped both of them, so the other one didn't make it. The screen's uh, totally done. Yeah, it's a, it essentially had a PS Vita screen in it, mm-hmm. uh, and it was really crisp, really clear, super bright. Um, but it's no more. How much does that run you? Because I've I've got a I've got that one. one the, like, NES a, SP is with a crack. Oh, screen. I have that one too. Yeah, that one. The screen you can get screens replaced pretty easily at okay. um, like retro game stores if you have any of them locally. I have one by me that's really great. I've, just, I've, um, been, I've been holding on to that for another like decade the screen broke and i'm like i'll yeah. get it fixed eventually right yeah. yeah i've told brian that i could fix it for him but he has to know i'm not a professional and there's right. always the risk that i damage more things in the process yeah so i probably because i do, do my either, own brian. personal modding <laughs> right yeah this and... one that one was about 200 i um i i have a huge collection of advanced games yeah um and color and game boy games that you know obviously can all be played on there so i always wanted to have a great version of that sp but yeah it is sadly no more yeah, my, my Gen 1 SP, that screen is just getting harder and harder and harder to, yeah. to see with the scan lines on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I, I think I have to come up with something because that's pushing 20 years yeah. now. There's really cool mods um, of the original Advance, not the, not the clamshell, just mm-hmm. the handheld one. Um, they have a whole new screen tech whole that they just did, screen the ISP yep. screens. Mm-hmm. It's, Those things are really nice. A friend of mine that I ran into recently had one on him that he had, had made. And it's insane. It's brighter than his iPhone. It's it's wild <laughs> um, what they've been able to throw into this case. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's some really cool stuff out there in the manga community. But as far just, as handheld just gaming, had to though, derail that. <laughs> yeah, an- analog's pocket is you know the. Oh, uh, don't I don't yeah. want to talk about did, it. Did you I miss? Didn't get one. I uh, no. Mike I didn't get one. I as did. As soon as it went up, yeah. and I was like refreshing, gone. I got a PS5. But I couldn't get that. Mike got really lucky with the console launches. He got me. Mike Mike really hooked it up with the console launches now, but he did not get the pocket. And we were both online at the same time, and he's really upset about it. So hopefully they do. Apparently they are going to do another batch. Mm-hmm. 
But I'm obviously, I mean, I probably have 500 Nintendo handheld games. I'm really excited for that system. So when it broke the other day, I was very bummed out, but I was like, ah, at least I know this is coming. I just, I just need to pick up another um, uh, DS Lite. That was my... DS Lite is very it looked good. Like, it was, looked like it was made by Apple, the white one. Yeah, yeah. It was like that, such that was a my beautiful device. Yeah, it's really good. Mm-hmm. The only thing is, if you play advanced games on it, you're stuck on the bottom screen. No, no, no. You can, no, you, you can, can swap. You can, you can swap. swap it. Can you? Yeah, I had mm-hmm. a, I had a roommate uh, like in 2006. Was like, why are you playing on the bottom screen? I'm like, what, what do you mean? It's like, look, get out of here. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I've ever even looked into it. I just thought that that was how it was locked. No, it's just that. There's oh, you guys have opened up a whole new world for me. <laughs> oh, and it looks great too because because on the bottom I've I played that way for like a year and a half and yeah. it has all of and, my little uh, you know not scratches but right you know, yeah you can see the, the stuff from, yeah, from using smears. The DS. drawing drawing seals yeah. from Castlevania yeah or the just, worst you know, dips the worst in, in picto yeah. chat yeah exactly like yep yeah it's <laughs> just scratches scratches of penises. <laughs> <laughs> just a bunch of balls. <laughs> That's how you get really um, good at it. Yeah, it's true. You have to keep practicing. That's how you get yeah, good yeah. at anything. Even if I'm in yeah. the Picto chat alone, which yeah, is usually what happens. Of course. Yeah. You, you know what, though? The other thing, though, is you can't map the buttons, right? Um, no. I feel like the not. run... Stuck like with Nintendo. Yeah, I feel like the jump button isn't where you want it to be for mm. advanced games. I have to look into it, but now I'm going to check that out. I have a I have a DS Lite that I'll pull out. Um, and check that out afterwards because that's great because it is the best way to play older games Mm -hmm. i mean it's the best screen you can get yeah well do we have anything else um otherwise i think we're about ready to wrap this up i just i love the game boy advance so yeah forever yeah agreed you let's let's listen to that that opening every time you turn on that advance oh yeah oh yeah There it is. There beautiful. it is. Beautiful. beautiful. It's the sound we of actually, happiness. We had, when we did our pocket episodes, we used that sound effect. Re- yeah. Yeah. Mm. That, that is, I think, and what then, my best friend growing up and I referred to as the sound of happiness. Is the the literal... sound of happiness. Yeah, exactly. That's changed now to a bottle of wine opening, but. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, true. That... It's between that and the Dreamcast for me. But oh, they Dreamcast are, is they great. Are just yeah. So good. The Dreamcast was like my heartbeat would really would really rise when that Dreamcast sound played. <laughs> Dreamcast is Serenity. Game Boy Advance is happiness. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> we talked a lot about the Dreamcast. We talked a lot about the Dreamcast with um, Blake J. Harris from Console Wars when we oh, yeah. interviewed mm-hmm. him on the show. We mm-hmm. talked a lot to, a lot uh, about that off camera, as it were. Um, and he loves that system. And everyone I come across that's involved in kind of the gaming community just has such a fondness for that system. Mm. And I know we're, for the most part, all of us who are so interested in retro gaming, we kind of all fall within the same five to 10 year age range. So Dreamcast is a really important system, I think, for a lot of people, because for a lot of people, including Mike and myself, that was the system that we like went to the store and we're like, can I have one Dreamcast, please, with my own money? You know, it was right. like mm-hmm. that was the first time where we were able to just go and buy a console and not have to wait for Christmas or your birthday or whatever. Um, I had mine on layaway at a Meyer uh-huh. after it was discontinued. Oh, wow. It was just like it, it was like the year after it was discontinued, but my Meyer had one and I was like I was 16 at the time, I think. Right. 
And so like I had a job, but like I didn't have the $200 or whatever they were charging. And I was like, but I could do layaway, right? Mm -hmm. And they were like, yeah, sure. And I was like, put this thing in layaway, whatever that is. And it took me like three months and then I eventually got it. And yeah, Yeah. there wasn't any new games to buy, (laughs) but I could go to (laughs) a Hollywood video and buy all the, the rental ones that they had that no one else wanted at the time. Yeah, I, th- I think I had right around that time. I just bought uh, my Game Boy Color was my first my money thing yeah, that I bought. Sure. So mm-hmm. it would have been right around the same time. Yeah, Mike and I were both seniors in high school when Dreamcast came out. I was slinging ice cream at Carvel specifically <laughs> for the Dreamcast. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, so Dreamcast is a lot of fond memories. Yeah, there were a lot uh, of uh, uh, burned discs got tossed around my lunch table. Oh uh, yeah, that was that the first time. And I I remember somebody. Like in the bathroom at school was like, yeah, I got um, fake uh, Dreamcast or bootleg Dreamcast games. And I was like, that's not even, a, that's not, that's not real. And he's like, no, no, no. And, you know, he was absolutely yeah. right. And it was eventually what, one of the things that led to the downfall of Dreamcast. Yeah. Well, um, and Sega not giving a crap well, about it. Well, that's true, too. Se- or, yeah. excuse me, Sega of Japan. Sega of Japan, exactly. SOJ right. is yeah. the, the big issue here. Um, we'll hopefully see some more of that from Blake and those guys because they're doing an episodic series on the console wars as well uh, starting next year. So I'm really interested to see, you know, what other stories they have from all of their interviews. I mean, they interviewed everyone, including people from Sega Japan. So yeah, really cool to see all that. That's I mean, that's, that's a a good way to to segue (laughs) out of this episode. Definitely check out their episode on super Nintendo ads. You can find that on all the podcast stuff, right? Yeah. Um, We're available where uh, podcasts are available for the most part. uh, Love the name, uh, by the way. So thank you. Of just, yeah. That was uh, that one was all my wife actually. Oh, so I have oh, to give yeah. her the credit for that one. We want it to be Game Boys, but there was uh, a Game Boys, um, yeah. especially because of the kids. That's because we always started the show with the idea that we wanted our kids to be part of it, which they are. Mike's thirteen-year-olds uh, on most shows with us, and my five-year-old does segments on most of our flashback shows that we you know talk about retro stuff. And Game Boys would have just been a great. Do title but it's, you know sadly good name too yeah. super sadly game some boys. super game boys exactly oh, yeah there is the super so game boy just one yeah them. some some mm-hmm. guys that released i think they had like three shows too and i was like oh they probably never oh you can you again. can they probably never talk to use each it. other yeah you well we, where are the super nintendo ads now it all worked out for the best <laughs> sure absolutely the super nintendo ads at super nintendo ads on twitter and instagram yeah well todd thank you so much for joining us this was oh a you're welcome guys yeah this was uh, a blast We'll definitely have to do more with you in the future. Um, for sure. Us too. We'd love to have Mike you guys on, on as well. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Um, so yeah, we'll go ahead and wrap this episode up. Uh, check us out on Twitter at chat of the wild. Um, you can pretty much find anything that we do on there. If, mm-hmm. if you go there, you follow us on there, you'll know whatever we have in the future. Um, I know as we're recording this, we have a Patreon, but at, uh, we'll, as this episode goes up, we do have a Patreon as we're recording it. It's not up yet, so I can't give you the details. Go to Twitter, <laughs> at Chat of the Wild, and I'm sure you'll find out everything it's you need to know. probably pinned at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Be. Yes, yeah. absolutely. That's a good idea. I'll do You're going to yeah, find yeah, out the go. same time that they do. How exciting is that, folks? <laughs> that is that is crazy. <laughs> it's a race. Future you. In fact. <laughs> Once again, Todd, thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you, guys. This was a blast. Thank you, Brian. Yeah. No, thank fun. you, listeners. I'll talk about old stuff. And we will see you on whatever the next season is of Chat of the Wild. Probably Gaiden. Shh, shh, shh.